Welcome to the special podcast series devoted to diversity and inclusion produced by the Urban Development Institute of Australia in WA. I'm your host, Tanya Steinbeck, CEO of UDIAWA, and in this episode, I'm joined by two of UDIAWA's Industry Workforce and Diversity Committee members, Shane Hyman, Director at Porter Consulting Engineers, and Jay Shivakuma. Did I get that right? That's perfect. Ha-ha. <laughs> Principal at Cossel and Webley. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Anya. In this podcast, we're going to talk about how to foster diversity in small and medium-sized businesses. So we hear a lot about the large sort of listed companies that obviously have significant resources in HR departments and things like that that can implement quite expensive programs to, to help drive diversity. But it's quite a different case for those that are in the small to medium-sized sector. So so first of all, um, just so that we can give our listeners a bit of background on both of you, apart from being valued members of our diversity committee, can you tell us a bit about yourselves in terms of your professional experience and your experience in small business? Okay, well, Shane here. I'm a professional engineer and I've been working at Porter Consulting Engineers for nearly 25 years now. I was actually Dave's first employee. My first office was actually his lounge room before wow. we moved into Mount Pleasant six months later. Porters, we have a team of 13, which includes eight engineers, four designers and a business manager. Obviously grown from just me to that over that period of time. We tend to have a pretty stable workforce at the moment and we seem to work pretty well. Fantastic. Jay? So I am um, an electrical engineer and I've uh, been in the industry for about 18 years, 17 of which has been uh, at, within a small business between 10 and 15 people. I've just recently moved to Coslin Webley, which is a slightly bigger uh, organization of between 50 and 60 people. But I see a lot of similarities in terms of how small businesses operate. Fantastic. So I guess in the context of where you both work and, and particularly in the engineering space, you know, how do you think small and medium businesses are performing when it comes to diversity and inclusion? Maybe talk about some of the challenges that you've seen and your experience in your organisations. So, Jay? Well, so we're at 3E Consulting where I used to work. Being a small business, we did have, you know, the, the individuals working there, you had to be a bit of a jack of all trades. You, you couldn't just be focused on one small aspect of the job. And, and so what we found was that when we needed people, we did look at everyone and anyone. It didn't matter where you're from or what anything regarding non-work-related matters. It didn't matter. What we cared about is that you were able to do the job and, and also be part of the, the family. And, and that's what we found, that having diverse group of people join us opened up opportunities and different viewpoints that we normally wouldn't have got. Mm. So yeah. no, that was how we found it positive. Shane? Yeah, we've pretty much had the same approach as you, Jane, in that when we needed a new team member, we just looked at all opportunities um, and, and all the all the CVs that came across our desk and, and went from there. Um, we have a quite a diverse office, you know, a team of, of 12 technical people, four females, four, two designers and two female engineers, which has been great. And we've got a few nationalities mixed in there as well, which is always good when um, a mother or a grandmother brings in food from from somewhere it doesn't help the waistline but yeah um, definitely helps with the teamwork <laughs> yeah no I can imagine and I think you know one of the things that has been a challenge particularly in the engineering sector is is attracting more females into into the profession so what do you think could be done to help I guess promote the engineering profession to females to try and even the ledger I, I think I think probably starting young and getting the the, the high schools more engaged. In fact, I was, I was communicating with someone at Applecross High about two weeks ago about Tiffany's organisation. 
um, and making sure that they're taking their students out to the, the education facility they got out at um, CTF. So I think it needs to start there and then, then mm. grow. And I know I know a lot of schools are engaging in it. I think we just need to support it for females. We have are absolutely fantastic and, you know, really add to the team. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the STEM, the whole approach and, and focus on STEM as part of the curriculum now is really starting to attract a greater greater degree and range of, of diverse people into, into the industry. Yeah, and a lot of the engineering bodies are focusing on that and approaching schools, as, as you mentioned, Shane. And I think back to when I was at uni, that starting class of 400 students, there were 12 <laughs> women in that room. Wow. Uh, and, you know, go flash forward 20 years and you go to universities, there's probably three times as many. I mean, it, we're still not at 50-50 yet, but, but we're, we're making, getting there. Yeah, that's good progress. Working there. Yeah, yeah so, that's, that's great. So before we get into talking about the action that, you know, your businesses have taken in relation to fostering diversity, what do you think some of the benefits of diversity are in small to medium-sized businesses? And why is it so important, Jay? Well, I guess for us, what we found was that having different viewpoints, having different experiences does feed into how the office runs, how we look at projects, how we manage projects. I mean, at 3E, there was a point where we had people from six different countries from 17 to 65, and we all worked together and it seemed to work well and, and everyone was able to contribute equally. And yeah, it, uh, it, it fostered a really good working relationship and we had very little staff turnover for, for years. So. Mm, yeah, yeah. Shane? Oh, well, we didn't have, we don't have that, that age diversity that Jay was talking about, but in terms of the gender and, and the different nationalities, we also agree that, you know, having that, that range provides different perspectives when, when you're looking at issues that we're trying to resolve and that's been extremely beneficial to us. Yeah, and I think, you know, picking up on on the point around the fact that it's not just gender diversity, that, you know, the benefits of particularly age, I think, too, and and having the, I guess, a broad spectrum of employees, you know, from your, from your young graduates all the way through to your mature age, almost semi-retired employees and acknowledging that there's value that both ends of the spectrum and in the middle can all bring, you know, to the organisation. So tell me about how your organisations are using the diversity toolkit that the Industry Workforce and Diversity Committee recently established and how you think that tool might be able to help the SMEs. Being a small organisation, we don't have a HR department and diversity inclusion wasn't really front and centre for us, something that we've always kind of informally thought about but nothing never had anything formal about it. So obviously as part of the toolkit that was created, we embrace that and, and we've used that to reset our thinking. Um, we've created a, a policy now that's been embraced by the whole team. It was created at the board level and then we, we engaged with the team, we changed it and then everyone's on board and, and we're reviewing it every 12 to 18 months, one review so far. But in, in terms of the toolkit that, that's been pre, uh, prepared, we found it's been quite useful and, and with a small organisation where we just haven't had time to really embrace a formal policy having that there really has helped us out. Mm, yeah, well, that's fantastic. And, and how about you, Jay? And, and talking from the Cosmo Webley perspective, there's always been unofficial policies within the business. And now the directors have decided that let's let's formalise this into an actual policy uh, and using the UDA, the toolkit, to, to assist. So we're, we're definitely going to go ahead and do it. Yeah. 
And and even from UDIA's perspective, you know, we were, I guess, the guinea pigs in the development of that toolkit where we went through each process and used it to form our own diversity and inclusion policy here at um, UDIAWA, which has been endorsed by State Council. And, you know, we're starting to get traction on some really good really good initiatives that, you know, historically haven't necessarily been prioritised. And obviously as a as a industry body and a not-for-profit organisation, we, we also don't have, I guess, the big HR teams to assist in rolling out some of these sorts of things. So the toolkit was a fantastic exercise for us to go through along with, you know, members of the, of the industry workforce committee and diversity committee on that particular tool. So before we finish, I always ask everybody that I talk to in these podcasts, if you had one message in a bottle for the listeners to take away with them as they continue the rest of their day, what would it be? For us, I suppose, although it wasn't a deliberate act when we're employing people, but the diverse family that we have at Porters really has created a stable workforce. So with a small business, employing people, training people is obviously just a cost and a time impossible on the organisation. So having a a stable team really has benefited us. I think 70% of our, 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 our members, our team, sorry, are up for long service leave. So have, having that diverse background really has helped us create a stable team, which has been beneficial for the company. Mm, yeah, that's great. My thoughts are that diversity and, and inclusion in any business will really open the door and assist you in, in servicing a greater, number, greater diverse range of clients and it'll help the business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's supported by a range of research and evidence now, you know, the fact that more diverse organisations actually do deliver a better result from the bottom line perspective. So, you know, everybody needs to embrace it if they haven't already. So thank you so much to, to both of you, Shane and Jay, for joining me today. If you want to find out more about UDIAWA's Diversity Toolkit, members can access it on our website at udiawa.com.au. Stay tuned for more episodes of our podcast dedicated to exploring diversity and inclusion in the urban development industry and more broadly in the coming months.